It's a long way home from here I won't be back in a year Cause all the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze Capture me again And all the lies you tell someone else and welcome back to another episode of Into the Wilderness, uh, brought to you by SeaWorld Canada. I'm your host, Dan Lonergan, and we are once again live from SeaWorld 2023 in Halifax, Nova Scotia, having an absolute amazing time. Uh, it's my first time out east. I've never been past Quebec uh, before, so just been trying to take in the landscape and the climate, which is is changing, ever-changing. Um, very Scotland-esque and misty <laughs> and, and damp, but I, I don't know. I like something about it. Um so we're in we're into day two of our of our conference here. First time we've had a, an in person conference in five years, um, and it's just amazing to see people building connections. Uh, the the sessions are absolutely packed, and uh, just really excited to be able to kind of offer this as a, a an additive session throughout the conference and and talk to to folks who are some are delivering sessions, some aren't. But it's again always trying to keep with the theme of just talking about work integrated learning and everything in between. So I'm very happy uh, to welcome my next guest, uh, who is a co-op coordinator at Brandon University, also currently doing her PhD at Brock University, shout out, Brock <laughs> University, uh, in educational studies uh, and the dissertation around co-op supervisors. Mm -hmm. and, and what do we know about co-op supervisors? What don't we know? So Cora Dupuy, welcome into the wilderness. Thank you, Dan. Happy to be here. Glad to, to have you here, and you're fresh off delivering your session, uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, so PhD in at, at Brock, so A, thanks for choosing uh, educational <laughs> studies at Brock, uh, and for those of you that don't know, I, I currently work at Brock uh, once again, and um, so co-op supervisors, so that's that's what you're, you're studying, the, yeah. the wide world of co-op supervisors, what we know about them, mm -hmm. what it means to be a co-op supervisor, with, with your research and what you're doing. What, what is what is your goal behind it? What what do you hope to accomplish with the the dissertation? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Um, and there's like a number of different components. Um, first and foremost, we know that students are really excited about cooperative education or work integrated learning, and and so is post secondary institutions. Um, but without the co-op supervisor, it doesn't matter how excited those other two groups are. Right. Um, the co-op supervisors are the linchpin. And for those of you who can't see me, I'm, I'm, I'm threading my fingers together like a linchpin um, or a door jam um, or a hinge uh, to represent that like we really do that the, the co-op supervisor. And so to clarify, co-op supervisors are these people in the workplaces who welcome our students to their organizations. So they are supervising the students' time, energy, and resources over the next four months, eight months, however long the, the work term experience is. Uh, so worksite supervisors, co-op supervisors are those key people. Um, and so when I think about the growth of our programs and, and how we, we want to do more of it, if we can better understand that co-op supervisor experience, we can then attract more co-op supervisors, or maybe we identify that there's a gap within our, our the, the, the demographics or characteristics of our co-op supervisors, so then we could do different recruitment to attract a different group of people um, that aren't currently represented. 
but at this point in Canadian research, we don't know a whole lot about what's happening uh, or who decides to be co-op supervisors, uh, how long are they co-op supervisors, um, why do they do what they, what they do. And so there's some research in other places like Australia, um, the United States, the United Kingdom, um, but ultimately, Ultimately, there isn't a whole lot in the Canadian context. And, uh, and so, uh, again, as a PhD student, if you can identify an area um, that hasn't been explored, then that's, that's like some really rich ground for Absolutely. you to uh, make your mark. And I'd say the third part of this is uh, I want to contribute back to organizations like Seawell. So I, I get so much from this. And so if I can help others move their co-op programs forward, then right. I, I want to do something that's meaningful and is going to matter to those that do this work. Well, I think that's important, right, in terms of what drives you and, and the research behind it, but also what you hope kind of people go into that level of, of education and research with, of, of a real kind of driving purpose behind it. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, not a lot of research in this area in Canada, given how prominent cooperative education is in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even Seawill, previously Kafki, being focused solely on co-op and, and even just how many of our members come from that space. And I mean, I think if you ask anyone who works in a co-op department about navigating co-op supervisors, it's 100% something that they've dealt with at some point mm -hmm. or on an ongoing basis, right? If obviously, you know, you've got different levels of engagement from supervisors, probably where they are in their life cycle as a co-op supervisor, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether they've never taken a student before, or they're mm -hmm. part of a, a large, you know, kind of corporate firm that that's their bread and butter. They just mm -hmm. take, you know, 50, 75, 100 students from co-op from across the country. Mm -hmm. um, very differing levels of understanding, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. how, they, how they approach being a co-op supervisor. So, okay, so Canada doesn't have a ton of research. So, yeah. A, that's what you're looking to contribute to. What the research that is out there from other countries, what does it say about, you know, the co-op supervisor? Mm -hmm. So, um well, uh, it definitely, um, when it comes to understanding what do co-op supervisors do, other researchers have identified certain, um, uh, what I'll call keywords or titles that a co-op supervisor might have. So that could be administrator, manager, educator, assessor, supporter, teacher, trainer, facilitator, um, guardian, gatekeeper, storyteller, role model, coach, and mentor. So again, looking at a kind of a, a dozen or so different sources, and these are the terms that they use to describe. Um, and so what's interesting is that sometimes a co-op supervisor embodies each role on its own, but sometimes those roles collide. And so uh, it can be especially difficult when those roles are like assessor and mentor. So I'm evaluating your performance, but I'm cheering you on to be successful. But for whatever reason, you're not mm. grasping the concepts or you're just not... Not working out. Yeah, it's yeah. not working out. And so I have to assess your performance, but I really want you to succeed, and that's a conflict there. Um, another two uh, dichotomies is the idea of being the student's guardian within a workplace, but also the gatekeeper to the profession. Mm. So if a student just isn't ready to do something on their own yet, um, uh, then you know the role of that supervisor um, is a powerful one, for sure. And I'm, I'm assuming, too, you know, that depending on that supervisor and the, the level of students that they're taking on. So whether this is a first work term student or, you know, if, if they're in a if kind of a accredited co-op program, a third work term student, that maybe that is what 
if, if a supervisor embodies one or more of those types, does it almost perpetuate the student that they prefer to take, right? Mm. And, and you, you hear that coming where it's like, oh, I only want, mm. only want third or, you know, soon to graduate students or in some, I only want a graduate mm-hmm. level student. And, and we even see that in, in other types of work integrated learning where there's this perception of, of skill development or, or skills that the students have or their, you know, competencies or capabilities. So they come with, with almost, I'll call it a bias mm-hmm. towards um, the, the level of student that they want uh, and, and almost suspending really what they need to, to hire or, or to engage with, but just kind of pushing that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just kind of an interesting approach of, well, what, what do they already come either with in the back of their minds or in other cases in a positive way? Like what do these co-op supervisors come equipped with? Mm-hmm. And maybe that, that increases the longer they've been a co-op supervisor. Well, that brings up a really interesting point that um, I'm... So yes, co-op supervisors is an umbrella idea. Sure. But then within that group, who are these co-op alumni supervisors? Mm. So these are former co-op students who have now graduated and gone off into the world and they're pursuing their careers. And now they're at a point where they could welcome a student to their organization. Right. And they're like, wow, you know, someone made space for me once upon a time. So I'm going to make space for a student. Um, and so I myself, I, I identify in that category. I was once a co-op student and then I became a co-op supervisor and now I'm leading a co-op program. And so finding ways to create more co-ops, including in my, in my own office. So, um, yes, there's been one study done out of Australia, um, in 2019. So actually it's, Mm. it's fairly recent, um, so they uh, set out to investigate, is there a legacy impact to uh, former involvement with co-op or will? They use the term will yep. more universally than we do. But um, so they had a sample of 21 graduates at three Australian universities, and it was semi-structured interviews. And so um, through the interviews, they did data coding, and the idea of a virtuous circle emerged. Um, so as supervisors, these former co-op students could give back to their industry or to their university, um, and they could pay it forward to the next generation while also developing their leadership and mentorship skills in the process. So it was this win-win-win, um, idea. And so from that, um, study, which is what's great as a PhD student, if you can point to like someone who said... Mm -hmm. You know, there is something distinct about co-op alumni becoming co-op supervisors. So there's a phenomena there that's worthy of exploration. And so the authors emphasize that future research should compare and contrast those who come with co-op experience as former co-op students and those that don't. And and so what how how do they approach that um, supervisory role differently? One, and I can imagine there's probably a multitude of factors as to what would prompt someone to want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the most positive, they had a really good experience. They had a really good co-op supervisor. They embody what that means, wanting to kind of give back to the next generation and engage in that way. Or I can also imagine probably the flip side of that right. might and, happen. And so the session today, so I, I came to Seawheel to share, this is what I've learned so far. Right. But I really wanted to know from our community, let's have a, a conversation uh, about co-op supervisors and what does what does our community want to know? What does the Seawheel community want to know? Um, and so that was actually one of the ideas that came up is how many co-op supervisors had a negative experience mm-hmm. and yeah. are there committed are, are therefore committing themselves 
and, and um, the opportunities that they have available to then create a much better experience for someone else. Right, that desire to be better than the experience that they had, which, you know, unfortunately for them, if that was the case, but mm-hmm. still having enough drive and, and motive to say, like, you know what, I want to I want to change this right. at the company that I'm at now or whether, and, and I've seen it too where students who have come from co-op programs now work at a company who has never historically engaged with co-op students and they've been able to articulate their position strong enough to, you know, convince whatever senior administration management to start hiring co-op students and the the impact that can have on an organization Mm -hmm. um, who's never engaged with students that way before can be, you know, pretty significant. Yeah. So uh, that to me would beg the question, are we engaging with our students while they're still students? Are we engaging with our alumni? Right. Um, in a way to empower them to have those conversations with their companies um, in a meaningful way and and or what would it take or what do they need and and so again bringing it back to the great conversation we just had in our session um, they want to know like what supports do uh, co-op supervisors want and so how much is too much or what is not enough or what what is their educational background or maybe they're really well supported within their organization on on uh, supervisor skills, right. so they're good to go. But maybe it's an owner-operator. Maybe this is their first ever hire. Um, and so there may be people who need more. And, and so, again, thinking about, well, asking co-op supervisor, what do you, what do you need or what mm-hmm. are you expecting out of, out of this? Speaking of what to expecting, so another idea that came up. This happens. The lights go off in this room. Uh, <laughs> it's on like a sensor. There we go. It happened on the last one. This is recurring... <laughs> I just had a bright idea. Yeah. <laughs> the lights came back on. Um, so another uh, was like, what do co-ops, are, like what skills are co-op supervisors looking for from our students? Okay. Um, so that's kind of like a whole new area of um, uh, inquiry that we could pursue asking co-op supervisors. I also think um, what barriers exist mm. um, or what would what do they need in order to hire more? So you may have some employers that hire once a year yep. um, and maybe it's industry specific. So they only need people during a certain time of year, but maybe they didn't realize that they could hire at the other times a year or maybe they didn't think within their organization there could be other growth opportunities. So like, again, like what's holding you back or what, what would open the door to more co-ops working at your organization? Right. And yeah, like you mentioned, there's probably a number of factors that play into that. But mm-hmm. so you mentioned, you know, okay, how do we leverage the student or, mm. or is it, is it leverage the student or is it, you know, the alumni or at what point in, in time does that happen? I don't know if, if you've started looking into that or even from the session today, but it, it's been a topic that even, even just from alumni engagement period, mm-hmm. what is that sweet spot? And again, if, mm. if we're talking about engaging them in, courses so whether it's like guest speaking or you know it kind of in in my world of of experiential education when do you engage them to potentially be a project partner depending or how do you how do you build that in them if they've done it as a student to know hey I can come back one day and engage this way and it's not always just about donations and and dollars in that sense so Mm -hmm. as far as becoming a co-op supervisor obviously if they're in a a position that warrants hiring co-op students is there a sweet spot that you've identified yet, or is it something you're no, looking at? I, I mean, if I if I had to guess, and that's where I am in my research, I'm I'm just at, at a kind of exploratory stage. Um, that, um, but eventually, like we will identify participants, and and there likely be. I, I want to do a mixed method study, so there'll okay. be a, a quantitative component and a qualitative component. 
Um, but if I had to guess, I would assume that most people are doing this early career. So they see co-op students as an opportunity to work on their own leadership and mentorship skills. Um, and that could open the door to potentially a promotion in the future. Right. So you may be too early career to lead a team, but you could lead a co-op student and, and you know, gain some experience there. Yeah. Um, and the other benefit is that, especially if you're part of an organization that hires all three semesters, then, then you iterate your management style every four months because then you start kind of with a new student yep. and you're like, well, this didn't work, but this did, and I'm going to try it again and, and so on. So uh, co-op students can be um, uh, a really great way for uh, early career uh, people to better their leadership management skills. Um, but again, this is all speculation. Right. I don't know yeah. for sure. Um, and I'm drawing on my own experience. I was early career when I first okay. became a co-op supervisor. Yeah. Um, but because you'd have to wonder that if, as soon as someone gets promoted to lead a team, yeah. then they probably don't have the capacity to hire a co-op student or manage a co-op student on a daily basis. Yeah. So then who on that team, you know, oversees the student, which right. then continues though to perpetuate that is that individual equipped to be a co-op mm. supervisor and, mm -hmm. or what has, you know, what has the organization prepared done to prepare them or you know and then on the flip side does the what does the institution provide if mm -hmm. you know in terms of of prep or, or training for first time co-op employers or partners yeah um and i'm sure that varies from institution to institution but to your point what is it that they actually want mm -hmm. and, and so have they been asked that question and Maybe, maybe it's yet. time to ask yeah. that question. Well, and I, I'd also go out to say that, you know, maybe institutions are asking those sure. questions in a, in a program evaluation type format. Yep. And that this would all be like internal data that they're not necessarily sharing right. broadly. They're not publishing about it. So there may be things that, especially larger, more established co-op institutions, there may be things that they know about their co-op employers. Mm -hmm. But um, based on what I can see, available, we're not having national conversations about right. it. So it may be happening institution to institution, but is there is there something that we could be doing more broadly? Well, and, and I think that's, you know, again, coming back to kind of, you know, is there an area that Seawell can help um, advocate for some of these pieces and, and strengthening the content that we have for the the industry side of the of this equation? And, and that, I think, applies to all types of work integrated learning because they're, you know, part of what I call the trifecta of, of players in this in this space mm -hmm. so what what content do we have what materials can we create and I think part of you know even even this podcast in terms of when I've had industry is how can we allow them to educate each other for those that do engage in multiple mm. types uh, but then also where can institutions help inform industry and then vice versa and industry inform institutions and not just from like a program level of you know you should have these types of programs at your school but really like this like day-to-day -day operational pieces mm -hmm. um especially for you know like first time mm -hmm. co-op supervisors again if they weren't a student if they weren't let's say they weren't a co-op student they've never taken one before but they for whatever maybe they they've heard maybe there's a funding opportunity maybe mm -hmm. they just think it's the right time or it's a good idea or it's an additional way to get you know mm -hmm. new ideas into the company um, get some extra work completed that they've just never been able to get to. So good, good intentions Certainly. of wanting, but yeah. are they equipped to, you know, mm -hmm. do they end like, as far as like writing a job description, prep, mm -hmm. like interview practices, mm -hmm. it, EDI issues that, that come along with recruiting and, and engaging with students. Um, and then the, the other piece where I've always seen is like, 
who is it that's engaging with the student? When, mm. so, and this, this comes into play, you know, whether it's networking events or career fairs, when it's the, like the mom and pop or the small business, it's usually whoever's going to end up supervising the student. And even mm. maybe in some small, medium businesses, you know, it's the direct supervisors that attend those. But mm. for some of the large ones that just take so many students, obviously it's not realistic. So it's probably the HR department. It's the recruiting department, talent acquisition. Um, and some, you know, very sophisticated, have a team just for campus recruiting, but that's not the supervisor. So mm -hmm. is there a disconnect? And, I, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to assume that in some cases there is, maybe not always, but the, the picture that's painted at the recruiting event versus day one orientation on the job mm -hmm. with the person that they're actually going to be, you know, engaging with for the duration of their work term. So I don't know if, if any of that's come out already, if there's things that you're hoping to get into in all of those areas, but yeah, certainly I, I just, I want to pull back the curtain on, on like what's happening, um, with co-op supervisors and, and is there, could we, can we better understand this group so that we can better serve this group so we can attract more people to join, um, so that we can maybe even diversify who is a co-op mm. supervisor. Cause that's another thing we don't know. Um, how many identify as Indigenous or as people of color, or maybe they're a former international student who've now, um, you know, received mm -hmm. a, or achieved their PR or they've become a Canadian citizen. And so there's um, uh, it just, there's threads there that I, I'd, I'd really love to pull on, but we don't even, we don't even know. Right. So let's the tip find of the iceberg. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to start somewhere. We got to right? start somewhere. And Absolutely. then if it inspires you know, the next PhD student or, you know, a kind of a generational type thing, if it's something becomes a, a really hot area of research. Mm -hmm. Again, it, to me, it makes sense just given how prominent co-op education is in this country. Um, obviously, the, the attention it's getting right, not just right now, it's, it's always been, it's always received a lot of attention, but work integrated learning in general and, um, you know, at all levels of government and, and the funding available to making sure that you know, the experience at the end of the day for the student mm -hmm. is still one of quality, one that if we can make it as impactful and, and meaningful as we can as practitioners in this space. And I think part of that is making sure that the supervisor is where they need to be or that we're at least addressing their needs. Um, and I've, I've said that before in terms of, I think, work integrated learning. If you approach it from a needs assessment, when you're having those conversations, building those relationships, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a successful experience for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. um, it's just having those conversations, asking those questions and not, not just assuming that people, you know, have it all under wraps and mm -hmm. that they know what they're doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but uh, it's, it's very exciting. Um, I, I wish you the best in terms of where in your, in your PhD process, where are you? Yeah. Like, so I've completed all of my coursework, which okay. is kind of the first phase. I'm in the middle, um, which is the, called the comprehensive portfolio. Mm. Um, so this is the time where I'm collecting evidence or yeah. artifacts to demonstrate that I'm ready to take on my dissertation. So today's conference presentation, this podcast conversation, mm. um, all of that to me counts as part of my portfolio to again, go to my committee and say, Hey, I'm, I'm active in this space. Yeah. I'm learning about it. Here's where I align myself. Here's where I see myself going and, and so on. So then I, I, and you know, provided they agree, um, then I can move on to my dissertation which is when that like bigger mixed methods study um, will hopefully take place. 
So at SeaWorld 2025, we can expect a... And a follow-up presentation. Well, certainly, I'd love to, I'd love to come back next year yeah. if if the committee will have me. And that was kind of the topic uh, at the end of the conversation of like, how do we find out more? Like, how do we yeah. how do we track your progress, Cora? And you know, that's a really valid um, question that I hadn't really thought about. So maybe I'll get a website and start a blog. And um, but it is it is something that um, many co-op people are are grappling with yeah. around the supervisor um, in lots of different in lots of different ways. So. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring out kind of how do I, how do I disseminate this? But certainly there was a kind of a request, can you come back next year and, and you know, this is where it started and this is where it's going. Um, and so I'd love to be able to do that. Very cool. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's a starting point of, okay, first it's the co-op supervisor and then how do we extrapolate that to other types of will and what it means to engage with students that way and things like, you know, service learning or industry projects or clinical supervisors, right? They, there's, there's subtle differences to each one of those, mm-hmm. um, but you got to start somewhere. And I think, well, in, in the same vein, actually someone in the session was like, have you considered clinical supervisors? Yeah. Cause that's, that's a really strong alumni connection. Like Huge. you wouldn't be a nurse right? You, or you wouldn't be a preceptor if you weren't first a nurse and you weren't first a student nurse. Yeah. Um, I would I would put teaching in that category yep. too. So you're a student teacher, and then you become a teacher, and then after I think three years, you can apply to become right. an associate yeah. teacher. Teacher, um, and so they're like in the same way that you know uh, I'm trying to do this cool stuff in in, in the co-op space. There may be some types 100%. of will that are already advanced, and so bringing that into my research yeah. to say this is what's happening in education, this is what's happening in health, yeah. uh, or nursing. Um, and there's some really great examples of maybe frameworks that have already been developed or, you know, characteristics already identified. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See what similarities or differences depending on, again, labels that we put on individuals who engage with students, mm-hmm. essentially what, what happens in yeah, these yeah. cases. Yeah. Yeah. What does it look like depending on, but other fields may have already kind of figured, figured this out in, in, in what makes sense in their context. Right. True. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tentatively schedule you for a, a follow-up appearance on the show <laughs> I'd uh, love that. To, yes. to next year, the year after that, and see where yeah, you're yeah. at. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for, for taking the time and catching you right out of your session and give you a little bit of time to, to decompress. And, and it's almost dinner time here, so we'll, we'll get some food that way. But thank you for coming on the show, sharing your research, kind of your passion area, um, and, and all everything in between. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. This was great. And for everybody listening, again, hey, video, we, we've got that. The lights keep going out. So thanks for tuning in, however it is that you're uh, enjoying this content. Uh, more to come from Seawolf 2023 in Halifax. Uh, until next time, we will see you later. I won't be back in a year Cause all the fallen leaves, the birds, the breeze Capture me again And all the lies you tell someone else Sure could use a friend